You know, guys, when you get to be our age, finding the motivation to get back in shape can be hard. It's just plain tough to find a routine and to stick with it. Good news. FitBod is a fitness app that is anything but routine. It tailors your workouts to fit your life, your goals, your gear, and even your schedule, so you can avoid burnout. And FitBod helps keep up your momentum by mixing in different exercises, reps, supersets, and circuits. Best yet, FitBod has over 1,000 demonstration videos, so you can learn the right way to do each exercise. It's time to ditch the boring routines and kickstart your fitness journey. Add FitBod to your workout essentials. Join today to get your personalized workout plan. Get 25% off your subscription or try the app for free at fitbod.me slash Zabe. That's F-I-T-B-O-D dot M-E slash Zabe. Watching any sport is a hell of a lot more exciting when you got a little something-something riding on the game. But what happens when the season is over? At my bookie, there is no off-season. NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, NHL, boxing, heck, table tennis, MMA, and more. If they got it, you can bet it. If the games are being played, the line is on the board at my bookie. Just remember, where you bet, though, is every bit as important, if not more so than what you're betting on. That's why I tell all my friends to go to mybookie.ag. Oh, but my state just approved it. There's a big whatever, or these guys are in the market. Nah. Johnny come latelys. You want to trust them? Trust the bookie I've been working with for years. My bookie. My bookie has been ahead of the game for years now. And why does it matter? Oh, I don't know. Maybe a million reasons. Better lines, better payouts, less rules. You name it. Plus, you get a bonus with me at mybookie.ag. Use promo code CHARLIE, ZULU, ALPHA, BRAVO, ECHO. That's promo code ZABE. And get your deposit matched halfway up to $1,000. That's a free cash bonus for making your deposit. Use promo code ZABE to claim the offer. You bet, you win, and most importantly, you get paid with mybookie.ag. Today on the ZABEcast, maybe it's just me being too old school, but if you're going to wear a costume that says you're the goat on it, Maybe you shouldn't quit on your team at the Olympics. The last dance is officially on in Green Bay, but I'll ask the question, how come the Packers are forcing out one of the all-time greats? Forget wax on, wax off. It's now mask on, mask off, as our descent into COVID idiocy continues. Your 30-minute dose of pure me is locked and loaded, so buckle up, man. Let's go. Here we go. Wednesday, July 28, 2021. Thank you for downloading. It is our last day here in Green Bay, Wisconsin, where the Rodgers crisis is officially over. He will take to Ray Nitschke Field tomorrow, or actually today as you listen to this podcast, wearing a red number 12 jersey, as he has done for the previous One, two, three, four, five, six, 16 seasons here in Green Bay. This will be season number 17, which is a new franchise record at quarterback. Bart Starr only made it 16 himself. Brett Favre only made it 16 himself. Rodgers is now going to be in uncharted territory. So, who won? Who won? Who lost? What is the net-net of this off-season drama? 
that went absolutely nowhere when it was all said and done. I think the Packers won. They won this battle. But I think they are setting themselves up to lose the war. And I'll explain in just a second. So the New Deal will apparently, one, take year three, currently under contract, off the table, and at the same time ban any use of the franchise tag in the future. Well, that's great, but they were never going to see year three. Year three was already unwieldy, according to the cap. Nobody goes into the last year of their contract as a star player in the NFL. If they were still going to be in the Rodgers business by the time they got to the third year, which would be 2023, guess what? They would have torn up the contract and wrote a new one. So that is a nothing burger. And the franchise tag, I mean, yeah, the, the Cowboys use a franchise tag on Dak Prescott. How'd that work out for them? It did nothing. They just had to pay him one time at a huge rate and then sign him to a long-term franchise record-breaking deal. So those things were never going to happen. That's a big win for the Packers. They gave up something that will not was not going to be used. Secondly, the team has promised Rodgers they will reevaluate his status in the offseason. Essentially a soft promise of, well, if after this year we're sick of you and you're sick of us and you want to go somewhere else, okay, fine, we will let you help shape where we trade you. But this is a soft promise. This is not something he can control because he could list three teams and say Denver, Vegas, and L.A., the Rams. Let's say, for example, they use uh, Stafford for a year and they're like, this guy's no good. We can get Rodgers. Let's go. But what if, say, two other teams come in strong and go, whoa, whoa, we'll take you. What if the Vikings load the boat? Well, <laughs> wait a minute. We can't. We're not doing this again with Favre and now you, Rodgers, going to our hated enemy to the north and the west. What if Washington comes strong with a much better offer than his three preferred teams and they're like, and Rodgers is like, yeah, I don't really want to go there. See, that's the problem. He has no more control over his future than he did two days ago. He just has some soft, vague promises. And he has the right to do this all over again if, for example, let's say just hypothetically, Jordan Love plays a couple games, preseason games, looks, mm, let's say he has to play a game or two in the middle of the season and he is mm, not good. Deshaun Kaiser kind of bad, right? If that's the case, then... And let's say Rodgers comes back in after a couple game absence due to injury and he plays great the rest of the way. And the Packers suddenly get cold feet like, why are we going to get married to this other guy? And they decide to tell Rodgers, no, we're going to keep you. And whatever Rodgers said, you know what? You fuckers, I told you I was better than him and I was going to be better than him for a long time. And not only did you spend a first round pick on a guy we didn't need that pissed me off, but we've taken a zero in first round draft pick production for two straight years. And it looks like you're saying you want to take a zero again for a third year. Fuck off. This is why I don't want to work for you. That could happen. Of course, a lot of things could happen. Rodgers could get hurt. Rodgers could fall mightily from his production of last year. 48 over 5. And first in the NFL in virtually every passing category that matters. Could happen. 
In fact, it's almost certain to slouch off just a bit because I think last year Rodgers pegged the needle on production. And I think also playing in road environments with no fans really benefits guys who know what they're doing and don't have to face the noise and everything else that makes it harder to get audibles out and checks and all that kind of communication. So his numbers are likely to go down at least a little bit. But how much? I wouldn't bet on it. The team will then also put, quote, mechanisms in place to address, quote, issues. Whatever the fuck that means. What is a mechanism? A lever, a pulley, a latch, a dongle, a bolt, a thing, a switch. (laughs) Mechanisms in place to address issues. Address. What does address mean? Uh, Yes, uh, Aaron, we have heard your complaint and we are notifying the right people in the building and uh, we're going to we're going to look at it there we've addressed it issues three mealy mouth vague terms means nothing and then the fourth thing is they're going to restructure his contract so that he doesn't lose any money at no cost to him restructure but then gives the team more cap room that's basically a win for the team not a win for Rodgers although you could paint it as a pseudo win because if it gives him enough money then get Devonte Adams under contract then that's good for Rodgers. So what are, what, are, what are we left here? What did, what, did, what, what did he win? Oh, that's right. Randall Cobb. They've agreed to trade for Randall Cobb from the Houston Texans. Now, the Texans know that getting Randall Cobb is sort of key. And the deal is not done yet. How much might the Texans be dragging their feet on the compensation price for Randall Cobb? God forbid it's like a second-round pick for a guy who is in his mid-30s and of declining production but is a whoopee blanket, is a favorite of Rodgers. We'll see what the final number is on that, but it looks like that's what Rodgers is getting. He showed up today here in Green Bay at the team facility. He was wearing an awesome office T-shirt that blends both the office characters as well as NBA jams and it was Kevin Malone as part of a two-team tag team with pot of chili (laughs) they had strength ratings for both Kevin Malone and pot of chili oh it's so good so funny and he looks lean mean rested and ready and ready to kick some ass now here's the thing so the last dance is on right the last dance is on because Rodgers was not prepared to go the distance in this fight. He was not prepared to actually sit out. He was not prepared to push the plunger on the nuclear option and to possibly demolition his own reputation here in Green Bay and league-wide to make them do what they had to do, which was to be to trade him. So he was, un- he was unwilling to do that. He couldn't go the full way. So here we are with a last dance situation. All right. Question. Why are we doing this again? Why is the team ready to get out of the greatness business? What indicators coming off an MVP 48 over 5 NFC title game season, what indicators say, yeah, now's the time to get out? Especially with Thomas, Peter, Edward Brady doing what he's doing at 43 plus down in Tampa. This year, Rodgers will be great. At age 37 in 2021, he'll turn 38 December 4th, I believe. Next year, 
he'll be great at 38, in my opinion. The year after that, 2023, he'll be great at 39. And the year after that, after that, in 2024, he'll be great at age 40. He'll probably be really, really good for two more years after that. That's my bet. It's no guarantee. I'm just saying. I'm looking at the more realistic timeline of greatness. But even if you only give him four more years and you're out after this year, that's three years of Rodgers potentially being great for somebody else, maybe winning a Super Bowl that you didn't win with him when he was here. And if Jordan Love sucks, and if Rodgers carries on somewhere else, then Goody and Murphy will be bums forever in Packer lore. My God, the stakes are high. And if I were those guys, I would walk way more humble. I would say (laughs) we're taking a hell of a risk here. But we shall see. That's my stance. Clip, save, remember, keep the receipts, as they say, so that I can either gloat and moonwalk or you can rub it in my face when I'm totally wrong. Deshaun Watson is going to practice and not be restricted at all down in Houston. The NFL put out a statement today, finally, a statement at least, on the situation in which they said essentially, well, we haven't had all the information from the Houston PD in some of these cases involving these women who have come forward and said that they were sexually assaulted when Mr. Watson simply contacted them for presumably a massage, not sexual encounters. And the NFL says they don't want to interfere with the local law enforcement case by jumping in with both feet. Now, while this is quite the departure from previous cases where the NFL and the shield law and the shield police had no problem jumping in and splashing around with both feet well before the actual legal system ran its course. This is actually the right things. This is the right way to do things. But it's totally opposite of how the NFL has done business in the past. This is what I said many times years ago when Goodell and company decided to get into the law enforcement business, I said, if I were the league, I'd say, look, until there's actual criminal charges, we aren't going to jump in and presume anyone guilty. We'll let that play out first. There's time for suspending later, but an innocent man for whom the legal system exonerates, who gets suspended by us and put on a commissioner's exempt list, never gets that time back, never gets that money back, never gets the reputation back. Well, they they keep getting the money, I guess, but they don't get to play. Ron Rivera says he's upset at his team because they're not getting vaccinated enough. Currently, the Wolfskins are last in the league at just over 60% vaccination rate. One prominent player, Montez Sweat, said publicly, I'm not getting it, and here's why. And he made a good, solid, defensible argument, at least to some. Many of you are just hysterical about this. Ah, There's no good arguments. Rivera says he's immunocompromised, and so therefore he is beyond frustrated that he has to wear a mask in and around the facility because he is a cancer survivor. Oh, God. I like Ron Rivera. I respect Ron Rivera. But let me tell you, Ron Rivera, that fucking mask is not saving you. That's not doing anything for you. It's not protecting you. It's not protecting others. So that's number one. Number two, 
Okay, so you've, you've survived cancer. You're immunocompromised. I get it. Weren't you coaching last year on the sidelines when you were going through cancer treatments? When you were at theoretically your lowest ebb, when you were so exhausted from treatments, you were having to sit down at times on the sideline? Courageous, yes. But wouldn't that have been a time with no vaccines out there to maybe say, hey, I've got to stay away from all this? Now he's mad at the team. You're not going to cut Montez Sweat, so not sure what you can do there. Of course, teams are pretty much threatening to make life miserable for players who don't go along and get the jab. But I think a lot of them, a lot of the players who are you know, hesitant or don't want to get the vaccine, this only makes them more hesitant. The browbeating, the talking down to, and everything else. More on this in just a second. Oh, by the way, but... When it comes to sports, I don't think it's going to help at all. I think these players went through such a shitstorm last year with testing and isolation and everything else that if a lighter version of it is this year's program, they're like, fine. Oh, I can't go out to dinner with the team on the road. Whoopity do fucking da. Eight times a year. Like, oh, that's going to break. Okay, I'm going to get the vaccine now. I was hesitant at first for... Reasons that may range from paranoid to absolutely valid. Now, because of that, I'm not going to do it. Oh, I'm going to be tested. Ooh, that that tickle up your nose is terrible. Hey, I've been tested for uh, COVID. It's not pleasant. You live, though. It's not the worst thing in the world. I think these players that are currently not getting the vaccine, I don't think they're going to move the needle very much, but we'll see. Now we come to Simone Biles. Wow, wow, wow. Simone Biles, by her past accomplishments and previous gold medals and previous Olympics, the number of which and the events in which she has accumulated them, I don't even know. I just know she is a really, really good gymnast. But to pull out of the team competition, citing mental health, and then essentially bragging about it, and to have people defend it is something else to behold. I'm not mad about it because I don't care about really the Olympics or whether Simone Biles won a gold medal this time or not with the team, without the team, you name it. But it is stunning to me that this is where we're at right now. I don't know if Simone Biles has any genuine mental health issues that she has chronicled in the past, like seriously, but it's hard to tell where does mental health begin and where do just regular feelings end? Here she was at the podium explaining her decision. I say um, put mental health first because if you don't, then you're not going to enjoy your sport and you're not going to succeed as much as you want to. So it's okay sometimes to even sit out the big competitions to focus on yourself because it shows how strong of a competitor and person that you really are. (laughs) So in other words, sitting out some of the biggest competitions actually shows how strong you are. Up is down. Down is up, black is white, and what you thought was right is totally not right. And then just battle through it. No, um, no injury, thankfully, and that's why I took a step back because I didn't want to do something silly out there and get injured, so I thought it was best. Something silly and get injured. If these girls took over and did the rest of the job, which they absolutely did, they're Olympic silver medalists now, and they should. They finished second. 
<laughs> That's another thing. They did the job. They're silver medalists. Be really proud of themselves for how well they did last minute having to go in. Um, last minute without me. I'm so proud of them. And it's been really stressful, this Olympic Games. I think just as a whole, um, not having an audience, oh. there are a lot of different variables going into oh, it. It's stressful. been a long week. It's been a long Olympic process. Long it's been a long year. Um so just a lot of different variables, and I think we're just a little bit too stressed out. Um, but we should be out here having fun, and sometimes that's not the case. Oh, having fun. Okay. I just felt like it would be a little bit better to take a back seat, uh, work on my mindfulness, and I knew that the girls would do an absolutely great job, and I didn't want to risk the team a medal for uh, kind of my screw-ups because they've worked way too hard for that. So. I just decided that the, those girls need to go in and do the rest of the competition. Wow. I mean, this is where we're at now in sports. She is the anti-Carrie Strug. Carrie Strug, as you may remember from the 96 Olympic Games, was called upon by her coach and her team to deliver the gold medal despite a severely injured ankle. In the time interval between Strug's two vaults, she asked her coach, Bella Caroli, do we need this? He said, of course, Gary, Gary, we need you to do this one more time. We need you one more time for the gold. You can do it. You better do it. Carrie Strug then vaulted her way into the hearts and inspiration of every American watching, as well as into Olympic lore for mental and physical toughness in sacrifice of herself, her body, for the team to win gold. Not to say, eh, silver's good enough. Very strong. It is up to her. If she can score 9.493 or better, then she will win the team gold for the USA. She's the last to go. She's the only one who can do it. Oh! Carrie is hurt. Here's the winning vault. Boom! A 9-7-1-2, she has done it! Carrie Strug has won the gold medal for the United States team. As a footnote, Carrie she was Strug. too injured to then compete in the individual competition, but had no remorse for that. And when asked about her becoming a national hero for her grit, she said to a reporter, well, that's weird. To me, it was just part of my job to do that. Wow. Well, we're at a different time and space and day and age in sports, and I guess this is the new normal. And who knows where mental health begins and just feeling a little bit sketchy ends. I like this uh, column by uh, John Daniel Davidson at The Federalist. He says, in fairness, the blame here shouldn't rest solely on Biles. We are a society now that has begun conflating mental health and mental toughness or grit. Public figures are often rewarded for taking care of their mental health, even in the absence of any kind of legitimate mental illness. What she probably experienced was not truly mental illness, but illness, but was something more common among professional athletes. She got psyched out. She wasn't mentally tough when she needed to be. That's fine, writes John 
Daniel Davidson. That's fine. It happens to LeBron James all the time. And when it does, you can tell. He stops trying and lets his team lose. (laughs) It's not wrong. But instead of being ashamed of that or apologizing to her teammates and her countrymen, Biles seemed to revel in taking care of her mental health, whatever that means. Contrast this mealy-mouthed talk about mental health from Team USA to what Russian gymnast Angelina Melnikova said after her floor routine sealed the gold for Russia. Quote, I knew that it was depending on me, and I was feeling overwhelming happiness, and I knew I did it. I knew I had done my job. Amen. That's sports right there. Sports is simple. You train, you compete, you succeed, you fail, you get back up, you try again. That's it. That's all it is. Sports right there. Accept and encompass the process of doing it. It is to mentally say, I am going to put myself out there, either in an individual sport or a team sport, And I'm going to put myself out there to fail and fail in the biggest of ways on the biggest of stages because it helps draw the courage out of the inner fibers of my soul. And guess what? When you do succeed, when you do come through, especially for the team, there's nothing like it. I've only been lucky enough to experience it at an extremely low level in recreational kind of sports. I remember hitting two free throws in an intramural basketball game in college at UC Santa Barbara on some side court in the main gym, some B or C league game with some buddies. Wasn't even for the championship, but it was the end of the game. I end up getting fouled. I go to the line, hit two free throws. Man, I felt like a fucking million bucks. I got this. I got this couple times in these silly little fake Ryder Cups that I've set up over the years, like the Potomac Cup, when you know it's down to your match and you've got to win your match and then you come through and you do it, man, there's nothing better than that. But I guess Simone Biles has already won enough. I guess she feels like, meh, it's no big deal. And it's all about having fun out there. And Oh, I was just going to get nervous and mess up and ruin it for the team. So I step back and that's fine. This is where we are, and the blue checks in the media are going to absolutely lap it up. One headline, one story said, maybe it's the beginning of a new era in which mental health and safety are truly more important than gold medals. No, they're not. Because the point of competition, the point of the Olympics, is it's not to get the gold medal like, oh, I got the medal. It's that the gold medal is the hardest thing to get, harder than silver, harder than bronze. And it requires summoning courage and strength and fortitude and mental toughness and everything else and perseverance to get there. It's a proxy is what it is for the process of bettering yourself through athletics. But I'm not mad because I don't care. She seems like a nice young lady. And she's really good at gymnastics. But this... It's depressing. It's depressing because so many people are celebrating the exact wrong thing and then yelling at you if you dare to say otherwise. Of course, the Olympics are a total disaster anyway. Ratings on TV are down 50%. Early numbers are coming out. I'm shocked they're even that high. 
The athletes have to pick up their own medals and put them on because of COVID. They're being yelled at. Don't hug each other. There's no fans in the stands. I mean, the sooner these things can fucking wrap and be done with it, the better. Watching any sport is a hell of a lot more exciting when you got a little something-something riding on the game. But what happens when the season is over? At my bookie, there is no off-season. NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, NHL, boxing, heck, table tennis, MMA, and more. If they got it, you can bet it. If the games are being played, the line is on the board at my bookie. Just remember, where you bet, though, is every bit as important, if not more so than what you're betting on. That's why I tell all my friends to go to mybookie.ag. Oh, but my state just approved it. There's a big whatever, or these guys are in the market. Nah, Johnny come latelys. You want to trust them? Trust the bookie I've been working with for years, my bookie. My bookie has been ahead of the game for years now. And why does it matter? Oh, I don't know, maybe a million reasons. Better lines, better payouts, less rules, you name it. Plus, you get a bonus with me at mybookie.ag. Use promo code CHARLIE, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo. That's promo code ZABE. And get your deposit matched halfway up to $1,000. That's a free cash bonus for making your deposit. Use promo code ZABE to claim the offer. You bet, you win, and most importantly, you get paid with mybookie.ag. You know, we're driven by the search for better. When it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't help you just hire faster. 93% of employers agree. Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. This according to a recent Indeed survey. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Zabe. Just go to Indeed.com slash Zabe right now and support the show by saying you heard about it right here on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Zabe. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Moving right along. Alex Ovechkin has a new five-year deal with the Capitals. $47 million, and he's worth every penny. It'll be 21 years when it's all said and done for the grade eight in Washington. He'll be one of three guys in D.C. sports history with 20 or more seasons. Daryl Green is another for the Redskins, and Walter Big Train Johnson is the other. That's great company right there. Congratulations, Alex. Good job, Ted, for ponying up the money. And I think Ovi's going to be fun to watch for the next five years, even though he may be of declining utility. No last dance here with Ovechkin and the Capitals. Finally, to the big story off the sports pages on Tuesday, I'm going to remember Tuesday, July 27th, and where I was the day that stupid people basically broke America. The CDC recommending suddenly, oh, wait a minute, even some vaccinated people in certain situations where community spread is high should go back to wearing masks. 
the clueless dummy coalition known as the CDC. Snip, snap, snip, snap, snip, snap, flip, flop. What an utter joke they are. And yet many people still like, well, that's what they say. You know, that they're, 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 they're the experts. Here was the Biden administration spokesmouth, Jen Psaki, trying to explain, well, wait a minute. Do the vaccines work or not? You swear they work great and everyone's got to get one, but it's the unvaccinated that are putting everybody at risk. So now we've got to go back to masks or something like that. Take a listen. Still, then why do vaccinated people need to put the masks back on? Well, Peter, first of all, I would say again, just to go back to this chart, which I will handily point to again. If you were vaccinated, if you were vaccinated, your life, it can save your life. And I think the clear data shows um, that this pandemic is killing, is hospitalizing, is making people very sick who are not vaccinated. That still continues to be the case, uh, regardless of what the mask guidance looks like. The vaccines work, which this sign says that they do. Then why do people who have had the vaccine need to now wear masks the same as people who have not had it? Because the public health uh, leaders in our administration (laughs) have made the determination based on data that that is a way to make sure they're protected, their loved ones are protected, uh, and that's an extra step given the transmissibility of the virus that people, uh, that they're advising people. Yeah. Okay. And there you go. You thought it was over, didn't you? Oh, no. It's not over until they say it's over. It's like saying, well, this one thing that wasn't working, we're going to suggest another thing that also hasn't really been working in conjunction with the first thing that wasn't working in hopes that somehow together they're going to work. Apparently, they're finding high viral loads in people who have been vaccinated and that they are transmitting to other people. In other words, it might be the worst case scenario in which the vaccinated feel liberated and so they go out and they live their life but then they transmit to other people because they still have the virus. Even though the CDC said as recently as May, our indications are that the vaccinated don't carry the virus. They're not transmissible. Oops, that's changed. So you've got a bad situation here that the government is just making worse because they can't admit there's nothing more we can do. This is not even at pandemic levels because we don't even have excess mortality. You're talking about numbers here. For example, July 26th was the 110th consecutive day in the U.S. under 1,000 daily deaths with or because of COVID. And we know half of those deaths easily are not because of, but they're with. And it's the 46th consecutive day the U.S. is under 500 deaths in a nation of 329 million people. It's not a pandemic period, in any way, shape, or form. But hey, back in May, May 13th, the CDC said, if you're fully vaccinated, do not need to wear a mask, indoors or outdoors. We've gotten this far. Whether you choose to get vaccinated or wear a mask, please protect yourself until we get to the finish line. Well, there is no finish line. There's no finish line because this virus is going to become endemic, like all the other coronaviruses, like all the other respiratory viruses, meaning it's going to be in the mix, meaning we still have strains of the 1918 Spanish flu, H1N1, and a bunch of other shit floating around. Everybody has known this. But the government 
and the authorities don't want to admit it. They don't want to admit we're at the end of the rope. We can't do any more. This could kill you. Other stuff could kill you. Boulders, tumbling down hills could kill you. Somebody tweeted, the CDC has urged all Americans to wear their baseball caps inside out in the hopes of starting a rally against COVID. Honestly, that would do just the same. So vaccines work, but you, A, can still catch it, B, can still spread it, C, have to take another one in six months, most likely, D, you should still be scared of the unvaccinated, and E, you still need to carry proof of it for it to really, really work. I wonder if they realize that these recommendations to return to mask mandates will actually decrease the incentive to get the vaccine, right? Like, it's now a terrible deal for those already on the fence, like, hmm, should I or shouldn't I? This is probably the last straw, the deal breaker for those who are hesitant. At the end of the day, they just can't say they're powerless. They can't say the truth. They're too stuck in their own con, and they can't get out of it. So now they're flailing around. Meanwhile, how's Sweden doing? Remember Sweden? Oh my God, Sweden's got a death wish. Sweden has had zero deaths from COVID for like two weeks now. Total in their country. They implemented a voluntary targeted vaccination program, mostly to the high-risk population who opted for the vaccine. Only about 45% of their population is vaccinated. Nobody wants to talk about them. Well, not nobody. Those in charge don't want to talk about them. How's Iceland doing? Well, not so good. Iceland had nearly their entire population fully vaccinated. It is very sparsely populated, lots of room to roam, and they're now setting daily records for new infections, mostly among the vaccinated. That's right. Hospitalizations hospitalizations are not yet up, but it wouldn't be shocking if they follow. Iceland's president has said restrictions could be in place for up to the next 15 years. You're doing great. You're doing great. As somebody pointed out, the moral of coronavirus 19 will be that social contagion via social networks is far more dangerous than biological. Let's end on perhaps a more upbeat note. It's not really upbeat, but it is sort of stunning. Dua Lipa, one of my faves, with Da Baby, not to be confused with Lil Baby when it comes to uh, rappers. I got that confused uh, the other day. But Dua Lipa, who I love, re- her real name is Dua Lipa, by the way. Uh, she's, I guess, uh, I'm going to get the country wrong. Let me look it up here. She's uh, from one of the Borat countries, Dua Lipa Wiki. It's her real name, Dua Lipa, not a stage name. Uh, she is from an uh, English songwriter. She's from England. However, she's Uzbeki. Is that right? Early life. Uh, she was born in Pristina, Yugoslavia, and she's Albanian. There you go. Par- child of uh, Kosovo Albanian parents. So she's got a lot of stuff going on. Anyway, uh, great artist. Uh, Dua Lipa with Lil Baby featured uh, in the song itself. Such a good song. Such a total banger, right, Armin? She found out that Dua Lipa or Lil Baby over the weekend 
had some severely homophobic remarks at a concert. And I thought, all right, how bad were the comments? Well, apparently, during his performance, he encouraged the audience to put their cell phone flashlights in the air if they, quote, didn't show up today with HIV or AIDS or any of them deadly sexually transmitted diseases that will make you die in two to three weeks. And then he said, quote, as long as you guys out there aren't sucking in the parking lot. The <laughs> baby later said he was not trying to be homophobic. He was a, quote, call to action. That's all. Right. Here's little baby. I'm one of the greatest. Ain't no debating on it. I'm still levitated. I'm heavily medicated. Ironic. I gave him love and they end up hating on me. She told me she loved me and she's been waiting. Been fighting hard for your love and I'm running thin on my In his ill-fated follow-up on Instagram Live, he said that his gay fans, quote, don't got fucking AIDS because they ain't, quote, nasty or junkies. Hey, da baby. You're not making it any better, all right? Just shut up. So catch up. Go put some cheese on it. Get out and get your bread up. They always leave when you fight, but you run together. Weight of the world on my shoulders. I kept my head up. Now, baby, stand up. Because, girl, you. She said she was surprised and horrified at the baby's comments. I really don't recognize this as the person I worked with. I know my fans know where my heart lies. And I stand 100% with the LGTBQ community. I assume she means the plus, too. We need to come together to fight the stigma and ignorance of HIV-AIDS. Come on, da baby, Be better. But I think a future collaboration is out of the question. All right, that's a wrap for me today. Thank you so much for listening. This just a little addendum to the stuff I do every day on 97.3 The Game out of Milwaukee. You can get it on the iHeart app. Also, Saturday mornings on The Fan in D.C., 9 to noon. And, of course, the Capital Golf Gang as well, talking golf every Saturday morning. Thank you so much for being part of Zabe Nation. Have a great Wednesday, and we will see you next time. With baseball in full swing and the NBA playoffs off to a hot start, you can make each and every series matter by having a little bit of something-something in the game with MyBookie.ag. Regardless of whether you're betting favorites or underdogs, player prop bets, or just looking to make some cash, MyBookie gives you tons of options to make all your favorite matches a hell of a lot more exciting. And if you're looking to bet for the first time but don't know what to bet on, we're here to help point you in the right direction. For example, say you see an NBA series in which the team that had been favored is suddenly down 0-1. But you know they're the better team. You know they're going to come back. But suddenly, the series price is a whole lot more attractive now that they're down 0-1. Well, go to mybookie.ag, fire in on that one, and make some sweet coin if it comes home. And if it doesn't, guess what? There's more NBA playoffs to come and football after that. Go to mybookie.ag, sign up now, and use promo code ZABE to get your first deposit matched halfway up to $1,000. Let them know we sent you. Use our promo code ZABE to get that free deposit bonus and start your day off with a win. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie.